0: <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> thank you father in the realm of first peter 1 1 the glorious freedom of the sons of god there is a glory freedom in our spirit let it fully release through our whole soul like 13 rivers of balsam like 13 rivers of healing glory light from the throne of God and the Lamb in heaven in you the Lamb of God in you fully realizing Jesus Christ living on the inside a habitation of revelation and continual intoxication of angelic ecstasy for every eye to see and every tongue to confess that Jesus Christ is the best hallelujah <laughs> Praise God thank you father for your ministry from your throne through oracles consecrated holy and set apart for the Word of God the Word of God is the daily bread that comes down from heaven anyone who eats it partakes of the angels Psalm 72 and they ate the bread of of angels in this place and in the human race let us eat the bread of the angelic it's by eating the angelic bread that you're no longer dead by what jesus christ said the food that comes down from god is to do the will of the father It's like dunamis dynamite power working inside of you every minute and every hour. He has given you His power that created the heavens and the earth in every verse of Scripture. The issue is, can you trust it while it's in seed form before it hatches into its glorious fruitfulness? A lot of people give up on the word before it hatches. When you sow a seed, it must be watered. You must mix it with light and you must cherish the seed in its entire gestation period to come forth like a gardener in the garden of our hearts. 30, 60, 100 fold Shekinah light. Now, every word that comes from God has the potential of recreating your spirit, your soul, and your mind into the original design of Adam and Eve in the beginning. Because God's word is perfect. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God remains forever. So as the word of God finds its home in the soil of our spirit, we progressively taste of original design. God created everything perfect, but we fell because we doubted the Word. We listened to a snake in the garden saying, Did God really say? So doubting the Word and its ability to perfect us, sustain us, protect us, provide for us, is every aspect of life in Christianity, and it begins the moment you first believe the Bible. When the Bible is mixed with faith, your spirit comes alive I've been translated out of darkness into glorious light was the testimony of the Apostle Paul in the Bible from darkness into light and he goes on to say not once but in ever-increasing light second Corinthians 318 a light called going from Shekinah to Shekinah glory to glory how the Apostle tells you by fixing your eyes on the Word of God as we look into the Word of God we are transfigured Greek word metamorphosized into one degree of Shekinah into a greater degree of Shekinah he wants us to fix our eyes on the word the Bible says fix your eyes on Jesus the author and the perfecter of your faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning the shame, and entered a joy, a marvelous angelic ecstasy that is so brilliant with light that human words cannot even express what it's like to be in that place. The Apostle Paul raptured in the body, out of the body, I do not know. But when I went there, in the body or out of the body, I do not know. I experienced celestial heavenly realms of God's glory that cannot even be expressed in human language. Which means there is a light that can't even be spoken. There's a depth of God that's beyond words. That's why everyone in heaven speaks telepathically. Everyone in heaven, their heart is so pure, their spirit is so pure that they speak audibly what they're thinking. You can get that pure on earth. That's God's point of sanctifying you. That you're so pure that your thoughts emanate the word externally and manifest cloud by day and fire by night. You are the temples of going from Shekinah to Shekinah. And the Shekinah is the voice and the word of God. The Shekinah, the cloud by day, was the very manifestation of God's Word on the mountain. Look at Moses. He climbed Mount Sinai. The Bible says that the cloud covered the mountain on the very top. That's where he went up into. Into the cloud and received directly from Jesus Christ on the mountain the Word. It's called Torah. What is Torah? Torah is a Hebrew word meaning the instruction of the Word of God. Every single one of us is called up the mountain to receive Torah in the glory cloud. What's the issue? You're fearful that if you touch the mountain, parts of you might die. I'm not willing to give up this part of my human nature, this part of my personality, my conveniences, my comforts, this, that, and the other thing. Family idolatry is a huge one. How we spend our time. How we spend our money. Jesus Christ talked about money more than heaven, hell, faith, and love combined. And so he dealt with the idolatry of the people that was keeping them in the sand instead of rising on the mountain and seeing his Father. Everyone In Christianity is called to the mountain of transfiguration will you heed the call how fast can you rise that's the question you'll rise as fast as you're willing to sacrifice your human nature (laughs) I have found if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired you like to rise from the dead because you don't like the sick and tired nature As you rise from the dead, you begin to fall more in love with the Christ nature and become more progressively Christian. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is an emanation of Shekinah. Christ is the Word of God. Revelation 19, it is written, The rider on the white horse, King of kings, Lord of lords, has tattooed on his leg the Word of God, faithful and true. It's the action of the Father's spoken word. His name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ he wants you to be the exact same representation of the father's action (laughs) the father's manifestation is his sons and daughters as his word how do we become a greater manifestation of glory now glory is heaven the greater the glory, the greater God the Father is manifesting in your spirit, soul, mind, and flesh, the greater you'll be experiencing Matthew chapter 6 on earth as it is in heaven. How do we have a greater heavenly glory on earth? How do we live in a Shekinah cloud so bright that you can barely open your eyes when you wake up in the morning because the morning star has risen in your heart? You, you wake up hungover on light. You can't think about the natural realm because you're caught up into the glory realm. How caught up do you want to get? There's no limitations. There's no cap in the new covenant. We're going to get into Galatians chapter 5 in a minute. It says, Against spiritual feasting, there is no law. Against light and the emanations of Shekinah, agape love, and the joy of the Lord, your strength, and the peace that passes understanding. There is no cap and limitations except what we put on. God by our belief systems so in our human belief systems begin to burn as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to him we come into a greater light of his might that makes everything all right the light makes everything all right and it removes the blight of night and there's no shadow of turning in the father of lights every good and perfect gift comes down so that you don't have a frown and you can wear a golden crown which is a rainbow mind of the seven spirits of God Messianic anointing that's the anointing every single one of you got when you're born again it's written in Isaiah 11 verses 1 and 2 and 3 You have received the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of the Lord. Seven spirits of God, seven torches blazing, seven spirits before His throne. This is the Messiah Himself present in the fullness of the Holy Ghost. During the church age, when we were Pentecostals and Charismatics, and some of us Catholics and Evangelical free, whatever expression of Christianity you had faith for, during the church age... We knew the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit. And we thought that was enough. Oh, it's enough. Paraclete, helper, comforter, one called alongside to help. Our spirit of truth that leads us into all truth. If we go into the book of Revelation, there's zero mention of the Holy Ghost. Zero. Read the book. I've read it over a thousand times. No mention except in the form that Jesus Christ knew the Holy Ghost. How did the Messiah know the Holy Spirit? It tells you four times... The seven spirits of God, and in the Amplified Classic, he's called God's Sevenfold Holy Spirit. The sevenfold Holy Spirit is the only way to transition from church age, buildings made by human hands, into kingdom age, church of the firstborn in heaven. I don't do church. I broadcast the glory of God from the mountain of transfiguration. That's what he's asked me to do. He said, You'll never pastor churches, you'll pastor cities and nations. What's the mountain of the Lord for? Government. What is God the Father's heart during these times? Maturity for divine celestial angelic sons of God. Weos, mature one, government. Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. What's head? Government. He hasn't found maturity yet because we're still filled with church age teaching. Kingdom age teaching is much different than church age teaching doesn't mean it's a different doctrine. It's a deeper depth. Same Holy Ghost, but he came in a different form. Same Jesus Christ, Mary Magdalene said, "Gardener, been with him three years, came in a different form, didn't even know who he was. Which means, as you grow, God changes His forms so that your brain can't wrap around it, so you're not carnally minded but spiritually minded, controlled by the Holy Ghost, in a greater mature form that you are not comfortable with in your infancy in Christ. Maturity always transforms and transfigures how God presents Himself to you. How is God speaking to you? Any way you'll listen. How is God manifesting Himself to you? Any way you can receive Him as he shows himself. Now, he can't show himself oftentimes as the lion of the tribe of Judah, chief warring king of Israel, because it just, people's blood just explodes out of their skin. It's too much, the fear of the Lord. Tell him not to speak like that, lest we die, they chanted to Moses on the mountain. They could not handle God in the form of severity. They needed God in the form of the lamb in Egypt. They like that form. They like the Passover lamb because you can kill a lamb, put the blood over your doorpost, be saved from Pharaoh, be saved from Egypt, and you leave Egypt with all the gold. It is written. You cross the Red Sea, you're born again, you're saved. Now in the wilderness, He comes in a different form. In Egypt, He came as a lamb, a Passover lamb. Angel of death passed over because the blood of the lamb had covered the doorpost. The doorpost is your mind. In the wilderness, He comes as the lion. This is where... The entire nation lost their salvation. <laughs> the entire nation of Israel, if you read the Bible, they say 600,000 women and children. Well, the men and women, the adults lost their salvation. The children inherited the promises following Joshua and Caleb. Only two out of approximately maybe four million entered the promised land of Moses' generation, even though they saw the greatest demonstration of Christian maturity of all time. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The demonstrations of signs and wonders were so great, the Bible says no one has ever demonstrated God more than Moses. The signs and wonders that he did in Egypt, turning a river into blood. Jesus didn't even do that. He hung out in the river. It stayed a river. Jesus did something invisible. He said out of your belly will flow rivers for those who believe. But Moses in the realm of the natural did the mightiest signs and wonders of any generation until now. Now we haven't done them yet. They're coming. It's still in invisible form because you got to get chosen on the inside before you're chosen on the outside. Because if it's done invisible, you can still gain rewards. Once it's visible, you're sealed in that measure of rewards because there's no longer faith that pleases Him. Once it's manifest and seen, Your rewards are sealed for eternity. It's true. That's the same measure you'll have forever. When it's invisible, it's the opportunity to gain more. Store up riches in heaven, treasures in heaven, more in heaven. The invisible part of you, greater faith, working out your salvation with fear and trembling. What pleases God? Your spirit man believing in the invisible God who has not yet revealed himself visibly, especially to unbelievers around you that think you're fanatics and crazy and you've gone too far and this level of faith is fanaticism and it's too weird and all these different complaints that people have about living in the invisible God while most people are trapped in the visible God of this world who is Satan and his angels. Living by their carnal mind instead of by their spiritual faith. So, God wants to increase your faith and the things you face on the outside that test you on the inside is how he does it. You will not be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, God will provide a way out. What's the way out, 2 Corinthians ten five. The way out that God provides is the faith growing through the circumstance the situation the family member or the friend or the spouse or the the child or the parent and all the things you go through in your individual job stories in your individual joseph stories pit and prison whatever capacity god has put you through it in order to get through the other side you have to keep the faith and you have to have a good attitude because you'll get betrayed You'll get misunderstood the more you walk with the invisible God. The visible God, Satan, who is visible in flesh and blood, will attack you, persecute you, smear your reputation, lie about you, slander. All these persecutions come against anyone who walks in the spirit of glory, Peter says in the Bible. If you are persecuted for the glory of God then you're a real advancer of the mountaintop where the glory cloud dwells it is written the glory cloud was only seen on the mountaintop now if you press into the mountaintop that means that the glory will come through you all throughout the mountain to every elevation of all people of faith for there is only one body there is only one Holy Spirit there is only one God and Father of us all who follow and believe Jesus Christ, it is written. So when you go higher, the whole body gets upgraded. They might not know what's going on up above, but they're still receiving the Great White Dove. Oftentimes the people down in the sand, like, what is it nine disciples only Peter James and John went up the mountain to see the glory cloud to hear the audible voice of God the Father speaking on the mountain this is my son in whom I'm well pleased well nine disciples are down in the sand three are on the mountaintop did the nine get blessed by the three you better believe it they got all the overflow of everyone that's on the mountain now, I don't believe those nine would have done any better than the three. They were talking about building shelters on the mountain in hearing God's audible voice. Let us build a shelter for Moses. Let us build a church for Elijah. Let us build a, a church for you, Lord Jesus. And the Bible says they had lost their minds in the Shekinah glory and had no idea what they were talking about. Which means as you come under the glory, you're going to feel like you're losing... Your mind, because you're gaining the mind of the glory cloud, the mind of Christ. God dwells in inapproachable light, which means everything that's approachable will become unapproachable in the light as it dwells in you, through you, and around you. And you will put on the armor of light, so you take flight in heavenly delight. Others will say you're out of sight, but that's alright, because you're right with God. And it only matters if you please Him on the mountaintop because everyone down below is going to get blessed as you go deeper and higher in the heights and the depths and the widths and the breadths of the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Now, what is the love of God? It's certainly not just being nice to one another because you don't need Jesus for that. You don't need Jesus for human goodness. You don't need Jesus for human niceness. Now he paid the price for you to be nice, so you don't want to be mean to represent him poorly unless you're mean to demons. If you read the Bible, Jesus was horrible to Satan every single time. In the Greek, he actually said, get stuffed and gagged and go to hell to the demon. That's what it says. He was vicious and terrible as an army with banners to demons. They were actually tortured. They said when he came near, because the glory was so strong, have you come to torture us before the appointed time? There's nothing wrong with torturing sin and demons. It's called torturing the wickedness of sin, the wickedness of unbelief, the wickedness of wrongdoing, driving it out by loving righteousness that the Bible says simultaneously hates wickedness. He's not producing haters. He's producing lovers of His glory and the glory automatically takes care of darkness. That's why they get offended when you're just wearing the armor of light. You're not doing anything other than emanating the Shekinah of the Word. And the more the Shekinah, the greater the glory, the greater the unsettling of the human being around that measurement of light. It's not the same. There is different measurements, he said 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold measurements of the glory of the Word of God in the parable of the sower, sowing seed. Now you got good soil, which means I can hear the Word and do it. So you get a 30-fold emanation by hearing the Word and doing it. How do we go from glory To glory Shekinah to Shekinah manifest cloud in a cloud that carries us by day and a fire that carries us by night so that no enemy can touch us above below or around because we're wearing the full armor of light Paul says put on the armor of light how do we put on the armor of light Hebrew word Shekinah how do we put on Shekinah a crown of glory a crown of Shekinah The eyes of flashing Shekinah, it is written, the eyes of flashing fire. You know, in Hebrew it says that God was the Shekinah burning in the bush. So the light that burned in the bush, the very fire of God, the uncreated one, and His uncreated light that emanates from Him, Hebrews 1.3, He is the light being, the Shekinah being. That's not New Age. That's Kingdom Age. God is the creator of everything, and Satan is the corrupter and the perverter of everything God created. It is written. He's the accuser of those who go after God and don't stay in the shadows of his perversions. Satan wants to twist everything that came from God so you live in a shadow form of it instead of the physical manifest glory cloud. When you're down on the mountain, you get more shadows. When you're down on the sand, you only know Him in shadow form. But the higher you rise from the dead by the Spirit of holiness, which is Jesus Christ raised by the glory of the Father, the greater you know the Father face to face without dimly, dimness as a reflection in a mirror. When you're infants in Christ, you knew Him as a mere reflection, dimly it is written. Now that we're in adulthood, Greek word weos, mature ones, we know him face to face, which means our hearts and minds have faced his judgment seat, have faced his shekinah, has faced his fire, have faced his altar of gold before his throne. We have sacrificed our hearts. We have sacrificed our minds, even our bone and marrow, to love his fire. I make my ministers flames of fire. Who's a minister? Anyone born again is a full-time minister. It is written, you're a royal priest of the holy nation set apart to God. Which means once you are born again, you have as much Shekinah fire ministering out of you to tackle anything God has sent you to do. What does it mean to be sent from God? It means to be born again in heaven. Once you're born again, you are sent and commanded to be his son or daughter in the things he's created you to do. Now you have your mission. Most Christians don't know what their mission is. The Bible talks about doing the will of God. What's the will of God? Is it specific things? Oftentimes, yes. That's what angels are for. The holy, righteous, innocent angels are sent to you to help you inherit salvation. Hebrews says it is written. So the more the glory of God emanates by you digesting the word into your spirit the more it draws the angels that carry God's commandments on their wings what did Stephen with the glowing face emanating Shekinah say in Acts chapter 7 he says that angels administered the law on Sinai to Moses that the whole instruction of Torah according to Stephen in a glowing face was administered through angels Paul says the same thing in Hebrews 1 and 2, that salvation of the new covenant is also administered through angels. That's why Archangel Michael in the book of Revelation continuously throws Satan down. Throwing Satan down once is nonsense. Throwing Satan down continually is reality. Satan is constantly thrown down in every area of human stronghold, in spirit, in soul, in personality, in character, in every issue of mind, will, and emotions, in bones and marrow, dealing with the very bones and marrow, which is DNA. Satan can be thrown down in 6,000 years of recorded DNA in your bone marrow. That's what Ezekiel 37 says. Valley of dry bones, can they live? They started shaking and quaking, prophesied of the four winds of heaven, the Ruach HaKodesh came and there arose a great army standing ready to receive orders. Now if the army doesn't have orders from Commander-in-Chief Jesus Christ, it ain't gonna do nothing. Which means just because you're born again, even got the fire in your bones, some Pentecostal zeal, you got some charisma, you got some gifted stuff you got some Holy Ghost on you, doesn't mean nothing unless you're doing God's will. The Bible says those who know their God shall do great exploits. If you ever get lost, you need to wait on the Lord and hear what you are to do. You know, we call it daily bread. Father, give them daily bread. Otherwise, they're going to get bored, and boredom always leads to rebellion. Look at King David and Bathsheba. He was meant to be fighting out there, advancing the enemy lines, advancing the armies of Israel against enemy lines, and because he stayed back practicing boredom, he got into harlotry, committed gross sin, murder, adultery, broke all Ten Commandments because of boredom. Unless you know your mission and your orders, you'll get into lawlessness. So we need to understand the commandment. What is the Antichrist? The man of lawlessness. Now that doesn't mean we're under the law. That means we're under the word of Jesus. Those who continue to obey Jesus are the ones that love him. They're the ones that go higher on the mountain. And the higher you go, the higher the orders get. And the more and more... Human beings can't understand it because the carnal mind comprehends not the things of the spirit, nor can it discern it. It's always an unrighteous judgment. It is written, which means the higher you go in the mountain of the Holy Ghost flow, the more human beings will think you're weird the more they'll call you a cult leader. You know they called Jesus Christ a cult leader. Why? Because he didn't do it in the synagogue. He did it out in the open field. He didn't even do it in the buildings made by human hands. Jesus did not lead revival in churches in his first coming. And we think he might lead it in churches in his second coming. Did he backslide? Did Jesus Christ backslide down to humanity's level where we can receive him? I think he actually probably progressed people further and further the last 2,000 years but I think some people are still living in the dark ages well the Bible says we should not neglect the assembly I tell you the truth every single time church is mentioned in the New Testament the assembly is called an entire city to the church of Ephesus to the church of Smyrna to the church of Thyatira show me one example in the entire New Testament where church is not a city which means you're in a church you're in your city Go and make disciples of nations. How do you do that? Baptizing them. What's the baptism of a nation? Taking them up into different cosmic open heaven realms. You can't do that with building caps on you. As soon as Stephen with the glowing face ripped the roof off of the earthly Sanhedrin, they wept and gnashed their teeth and exposed their God to be Saturn and Molech, which if you study it out, was the names of the fallen angels that caused Adam and Eve to fall from the Garden of Eden they were serving the fallen angels in buildings made by human hands. That's what's written in Acts 7. We think because we just do stuff in the name of Jesus, God's going to bless it. You know, you can work up strange fire that has the appearance of light. The Bible says Satan comes as an angel of light. What's the word light in Hebrew? Shekinah. You know the Bible says that Satan comes as an angel of glory, as an angel of Shekinah, as an angel of Jesus Christ's presence. And he's like a devouring lion. Not the Lion of Judah, Satan Lion. Every single manifestation of Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation is copycatted by the enemy. So what happens in our immaturity for a lack of crucifixion of self and mind and Carnality. We often get caught up into the enemy in our growth. We get our, our head caught up in the thorns and thistles and we don't have the fruitfulness that we had. The joy of salvation must be restored, which is going back to the original design, Galatians chapter 3, having begun in the spirit, not ending in the soul. We try to finish in our feelings and our emotions, in the discernment of the flesh of our eyeballs, in the discernment of our own ears. Ear has not heard, eye has not seen what God is doing. It is written. Jesus never judged by what he saw nor by what he heard. Isaiah 11, it is written. And a little child shall lead him. What's the little child? It can also be translated as inner child shall lead them. The spirit child, the child of God, the one that bears God's image, John 4, 24, God is spirit. Those who worship Him have to be in spirit and in truth to be worshipers of Yad-Heh-Vav-Heh, Elohim, creator of heaven and earth. Which means if we are not in the innocence of our inner man, I preach to awaken spirits, hearts, hearts and spirits synonymous in Christian writing. Our spirit, man, is often neglected because we just put it into the soul. The soul is what gets renewed as the word hits the spirit. Spirit first. You must be spirit first, soul second, and flesh third. Jesus had flesh prepared for him, and he enjoyed the body God made for him. It is written in Hebrews. And no one ever mistreats their body cuz your body is God's temple first Corinthians 6:19 it is written so there is a stewardship of the temple for the spirit to be fed the word and to drive out the humanity the 666 from the soul <laughs> now the only part of Jezebel left that the dogs didn't eat if you read the bible was the head and the hands the only part where the 666 is in revelation is the head and the hands so what's head and the hands Witchcraft in the guise of divinity. Truth anyhow. Witchcraft pretending to be Christianity. It's always charismatic. It's called by Apostle, Job, uh, Apostle John, the wisest man who ever wrote scripture. He said that it's the beast in the forehead and the hand, the mark and the number of a human being, the number of humanity, which is the human trying to do the new covenant. The human being in the head and the hand trying to do the new covenant is nothing less than witchcraft. That's what the Bible says. Also, a different apostle, Paul, says, having begun in the spirit, you try to finish in the flesh. Oh, you foolish Galatians who has bewitched you. So witchcraft is religion done in the soul instead of Jesus Christ and his spirit doing it himself in your spirit by the word working with its own inherent power. What is witchcraft? Witchcraft is us adding our human blood to His altar, saying that I am a helper of God in my human nature without a circumcised heart and a circumcised mind. You can't help God at all. In fact, that's the Old Covenant in the guise of the New Covenant that's nothing less than witchcraft. Amen. What is witchcraft? Potent sorcery of Babylon the Great. Meaning, how many people did it deceive? The whole world, all people, all believers, the Bible says in Revelation, were deceived by the potent witchcraft of Babylon the Great. What does it mean? Trying to finish with your own head and your own hand with the Holy Ghost did in the beginning by His power. It's called salvation. You can't save yourself. There's nobody preaching in the whole world. Save yourself in biblical churches. We know that. That's established Christian doctrine for thousands of years. Here's the issue. Have we learned to let the Holy Spirit finish the work that he began? Author and finisher, not author and oops. Selah. Never made a mistake, but we do when we get in the way. So how do we let God be God and we be the temple? We house the Ark of the Commandments. The glory came from the Ark that was carried on rings and poles, because it housed the tablets of stone that God had inscribed with his very hand. That's Jesus Christ, the man of fire in the mountain that Moses knew. He inscribed on tablets of stone with his own hand the Ten Commandments. What does that mean? Now he is writing his word, inscribing it in our hearts and into our minds. The exact same man, God, Jesus Christ is his name, Is writing his word inside our head in our brains you know the rabbis and the old covenant preachers they would put boxes of scriptures right in their forehead symbolizing God in some future day writing his word physically in the brain you know the Holy Ghost and the angels are writing God's Word in your hearts and in your minds that's what recreates you that's how you go from glory to glory How do you have a greater manifestation of divinity and a lesser manifestation of humanity? Less death, more life. Less earthly, more heavenly. You allow the Holy Ghost and His holy angels to write His Word on your brains. And you begin to snap, crackle, and pop. There's a sizzle. There's a deep fry. I pour my oil on your heads every morning. Your mercies are new. It is written, He is doing a work in our minds oftentimes We fight the angels trying to inscribe every prophetic word from the Bible mixed with the human spirit, mixed with the sacrifice of the human soul, mixed with the sacrifice of the human flesh, a living burnt offering in the fire of God, seven torches burning, and when it's burnt out, I make my ministers flames of Yahweh, flames of fire, and when it's burnt out, then God's word can come forth more accurately from the mountain and burn out the humanity of everyone down below. And guess what awakening is? No exception from Genesis to Revelation. Climbing the mountain. You will not find anyone right with God from Genesis to Revelation that didn't go up to God by some kind of sacrifice. It doesn't exist which means God is requiring you to be daily sacrificers of something that you're willing to give up of your humanity for his divinity if you stop sacrificing you slide down the mountain and you get further and further away from it next thing you know you're covering yourselves with sand making excuses against the mountain that's where you get into hyper grace that's where you get into grace abounds and I don't need to do anything I don't need to obey I don't need to anything to inconvenience my soul my personality my character now the gospel is a me gospel instead of a he gospel now the gospel is to make me feel good in the sand a false gospel a dead gospel an angel of light that deceives gospel that's all selfish and self-centered instead of God centered and Christ centered throne centered Christianity is the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through self-sacrifice self-sacrifice can only happen if you're fed up with areas of yourself that's why he progressively reveals the character on the inside it's not all at once you can't handle it nobody can it was 40 years for Moses and then another 40 40 as king of the Cushites, then 40 of training in the wilderness 40 in Egypt 40 in Cush then 40 in the Exodus 120 on Mount Nebo it is written so we have so much sanctification in store for us and God wants to do it Christians often do not Christians make up excuses why we don't need to change we say I don't need to be metamorphosized that's the word change in the New Testament I'm good in my human form And so we insist on the human form adding Christianity to our humanity which is nothing less than blasphemy. You cannot follow God and choose to not change. The issue is how high can He take you until your stubbornness manifests? Because it's the same for all of us. We will come to a point in our growth where we're challenged beyond what we can bear in God burning up everything in us that we cling to in our natural man. So then all of a sudden we're at a fork in the road and I just can't go any further. This is when he begins to thresh you on the threshing floor commanded to Ruth. This is where Ruth, representing the bride of Christ, has to go to the threshing floor in order to get her Boaz represented by Jesus Christ. You can't have a wedding God, to Jesus Christ, Prince of Peace, King of Glory, unless all the stuff is threshed out of you that is already removed from Jesus who bore it on the cross. Now listen, he was raised to life perfect. He was raised so differently that his human form changed so significantly that his disciples could not recognize him. The Bible says that none of them could recognize Him, yet they knew He was the Lord. What does that mean? His entire face shifted. He was no longer just Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph the Carpenter. Now He's the Son of God before the world was, without even Mary's DNA on the outside of His spirit. Because He is born of Mary, born of woman, born of flesh and was mixed with her Jewish DNA come on now now what happened to all that Jewish DNA king of the Jews inscribed over his cross he says woman don't cling to me even in this resurrection form I'm going to take this Jewish blood and fulfill it by pouring it out on the mercy seat fulfilling the old covenant and ushering in the new covenant What that means now is the fountain of the Lamb rains down on everyone who can receive what the blood is speaking. A better word than the blood of Abel. The blood is speaking. That's the preaching. That's the teaching. That's the gospel. That's the message. That's Revelation chapter 22. What is it? The river emanating from his throne. He changed in his resurrection. He changed again in his ascension. When he ascended on high, we see a glimpse into his imagery in the book of Revelation. Not just Revelation, in the book of Acts chapter 9. One of the greatest manifestations to understanding new covenant realities of what's available to all of you by faith is Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. As he's riding his donkey down the road, killing and arresting Christians, a bright light appeared to him, brighter than the desert noonday sun, blinding him for three days. Now, I can see it's like a morning star that came down and levitated 20 feet off the road. I'm telling you now, that's the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. The form of Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 9. Now, he's the firstborn amongst many raised from the dead. What does raised from the dead look like? Acts chapter 9, Jesus Christ. Now, when you start to see that demonstrated by believers, you know it's the end of the world. They're going to come down like Big Trouble in Little China, like Raiden, Lightning Man. They'll be coming down from the sky. This is every Marvel movie combined. This is what Superman and Superwoman symbolize. This is Joel's army. It's prophesied in the Minor Prophets. The least shall be like king david the greatest like the father himself can you imagine being the exact outreign brilliance of god the father himself that bright his brightness sustains all worlds it's so bright in heaven you can't even take your soul and flesh there until it's so purified by the word of shekinah look at the apostle paul when he was raptured corinthians says i was raptured that's what's written i was raptured when i was raptured it was so bright i couldn't even take the expression of the brightness and communicate it when i came back into my body imagine living in that all the time and now jesus is in the flesh in that brightness enoch is in the flesh in that brightness elijah is in the flesh in that brightness and the Bible says, when he died on the cross, 400 saints of old raised from the dead and wandered around Jerusalem, appearing to many. So I'm sure you got Joseph, you got Moses, you got David. I'm sure you got so many other saints also who are raised physically up in his ascension. I don't believe Jesus ascended alone. Where did those 400 go? They go back into the realm of the dead after God raised them from the dead? You know, the Bible says that 400 saints of old began to wander the streets of Jerusalem. And everyone began to say, what strange things are happening in Jerusalem. Can you imagine just looking at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob walking Jerusalem 2,000 years ago? You were in the most supernatural realm of all time. In the realm of Jesus' death and resurrection. It was so supernatural. You had the saints of old walking all over the streets. The Bible says 400 saints of old just wandering around Jerusalem. Just shopping in the market. Going places. They're probably talking to everybody. It was awesome. For 40 days he appeared, it is written. And then they all went up together, I believe, because I've seen it. You can see it right now. The word's open, the vision's open, the heavens are open. You can see as much as you have faith for. God, increase our faith to increase our vision into the word of God. To not just hear the word in the dead letter form, but to open the word as a door into heaven to experience it in the same depth of light that you live in and have clothed yourself in constantly. We need the interpretation of Scripture that God the Father has that makes them so bright. I believe God the Father is going to be the teacher in these days. You've had a lot of men teachers. You've had some women teachers. Now it's time for God teachers. Which means the very Shekinah of the Father will teach you all things. Not just people's interpretation through study and putting it into their brain, putting it into their flesh, but God the Father literally manifesting Himself in a brightness like a morning star, like in Acts chapter 9, inside people's hearts and minds that are sanctified by doing the will of God constantly in their consecrated bodies. These men and women will come into a manifestation like the two witnesses of Revelation, which means they will manifest The Father's throne. The Bible says, hide us from him who sits on the throne and from those around it, it is written. Because some people are going to get so into light that they manifest the Father's throne on earth as it is in heaven. That's the standard, nothing less. Jesus Christ at age 33 became the exact outreign brilliance of the light being. What does that mean? the same measurement of the Father Shekinah. Where are you going? What's God's will for your life? Overcoming anything holding you back from that measurement of light. Whatever you gotta get up, whatever you have to give up, whatever thing is blocking you inside or outside, burn it the father is a vine dresser it is written which means we don't like the vine dressing we just like to hear the good report all the time and God the father comes and says I scourges those that that I accept as sons nobody likes discipline while it's happening but later on if you endure it it produces a harvest of righteousness what's righteousness shekinah a harvest of manifest light so bright that you're thankful for the process of the threshing sledge with teeth. You're thankful for the consecration. You're thankful for the purification. We don't like being purified. Half of us are addicted to false love, addicted to lust. There is a pleasure in lust. There's a pleasure in human false love Christianity that we get addicted to. Most Christians are addicted to witchcraft, God-outside-minded witchcraft, Galatians 3, forbidden sin. WE NEED TO BREAK OFF THE ADDICTIONS TO EVERY FORM OF LOVE EXCEPT THE FATHER'S BRIGHT BURNING BRILLIANCE. AND THAT'S CALLED GETTING ADDICTED TO THE WORD. EATING THE BREAD OF HOLY ANGELS. URIEL, WHO IS SO RIGIDLY RIGHTEOUS AND SO HOLY, HE HATES SIN MORE THAN ANY OTHER ARCHANGEL. THERE ARE ARCHANGELS OF HOLINESS IN THIS PLACE let the holiness of the archangels be released into the body of christ we want the blood-curdling fear of the lord the terror of god not just the comfort we've had enough comfort we want the precision of the razor sharp razor angels that get us out of our comfort zone to get into father god's comfort zone a greater glory will always cost you your comfort zones it will make you uncomfortable if you are not being challenged with the word you need to find new teachers if they are people pleasing false teachers you need to get out of dodge you need to find people that put the fear of the Lord in you strongly that you want to live righteously I will walk in the fear of the Lord it is written Isaiah chapter 11 of the messianic anointing Jesus Christ very description is in Isaiah 11 he says I will walk." In the delight of the fear of the Lord. He was so strong in the fear of the Lord. At age 12, he disregarded his own mom and dad. Don't you know I'd be about my father's business in the temple, he said to Mary and Joseph. And Mary treasured it in her heart. It wasn't rebellion. This is God. This is 12-year-old God here. So, even though they were adults, they realized... Wow, we're stewarding a very, very precious boy. And she treasured it. She didn't get into strife. She didn't spank him or slap him. She didn't put him into timeout. She said, This is a precious child. He was perfectly reverent, and the boy practiced perfect humility and was subservient to his parents until the time he was 30 years old, it is written. So you have Jesus coming to a realization. God becoming a child, that will mess you up, man. If God is so humble that He comes in the likeness of sinful flesh and even had a 5-year-old body, a 10-year-old body, a 12-year-old body, that's something it'll take eternity to wrap your minds around. But how He acted in that body is how we are to act in these bodies. Which means when we're immature, we need to even be subservient to Joseph the carpenter. Even though you know you got a great calling, you're a great apostle, Jesus, but you're only 12 years old, so you need to chill out. You still need to go to high school. There's still stuff in the realm of the natural. You got house chores, Jesus. You're not out of house chores just because you're the Son of God. You still got to do that stuff. There is a humility that comes with the calling. It's not just put me up on a throne and serve me now. I'm 12 year old, Jesus. He didn't act like that. Neither should we. Servanthood. Of God the Father formed on the inside, he comes as a servant king. The greatest in the kingdom is servant of all. What we have in immaturity is being served instead of serving others. What are we serve in them? Melchizedek served Abraham bread and wine, the new covenant, on a silver platter. Yep. And I know Melchizedek is Jesus Christ. Abraham said, I have jesus said abraham saw me and rejoiced in my day that's what jesus said in the red letters abraham saw me and rejoiced in my day abraham a seer prophet saw jesus when did he see jesus i believe he saw him in everything because when you walk by faith not by sight everything around you is the school of jesus He's the creator of everything. His word sustains all things. Right now, the air you breathe is Jesus. Right now, your next heartbeat is Jesus. Jesus, in understanding, is the moon and the sun and the stars. His word created the heavens and the earth. It is written. Genesis 1. Which means your faith grows to the point where your faith is an all-consuming fire. It's our unbelief that limits the ability of the word of God. When your faith expands... Now it's like Jesus is inside this desk. There better be a reverence to this desk. Is that idolatry? No, idolatry means there's no life in it. If Jesus is in it, there's no idolatry. Now, I don't recommend going around worshiping desks and doorknobs, but you know the Bible says His Word sustains all things, and the Word is God. He was with God in the beginning, and through the Word all things were created. That means Jesus is in this can. Think about that. Jesus is every hair on your head. Jesus is creation. Now, He's not created, but He sustains it by His Word. That's the ability of the Word. That's what we're taking back. Getting our faith perfected, reaching the unity of the faith, is coming into a realization of the Word of God at Jesus Christ level. Jesus could walk through walls. Why? Because He's the wall. He made it. Maker of everything. Man built it. No. God gave man the ability to build. Which means God allows you to take what He made with Him in the thing that you're sustaining, whether it's used for self, for others, and the, eventually all of it will be handed over for God. Eventually every last Adam on earth will be made new to serve God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. And when you grow from glory to glory, you renew the earth and you renew the heavens to do what? Instead of serving man... Instead of serving woman, instead of serving Satan, which is man and woman, it serves God. Right now, fallen creation is set up in a curse of a fall to serve men and women. The whole point of a royal priesthood is flipping the heavens, flipping the earth, flipping the tables to serve God you got to flip your house to serve God. You have to flip your business to serve God. You have to flip your time to serve God. Every aspect, individually and in your world, has to be flipped to serve the Father. That's getting your house saved. This salvation is for you and your whole house to be saved. If there is any human idolatry, then creation is used for Satan and his angels. Now this is what you deal with, because that's all idolatry is in the New Covenant idolatry in the new covenant is using the things of creation for the soul instead of god the father now you have doctrine out here that says that's okay you have teaching that says god is going to bless my soul and bless my life and make the things of creation about me now the whole purpose of wisdom is to differentiate to separate bone from air, soul from spirit and correctly dividing the word of truth what is correctly dividing making it everything for god dividing man from god the priest in the old testament constantly divided clean from unclean kosher from unkosher what is that in the new covenant context what is that in wisdom It's separating spirit from soul, bone from marrow, by the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, separating everything in your life for God. So that God is involved in all the things you do and none of them are idolatrous. That's what keeps the river of life flowing through the temple. The only things that block the emanations of Shekinah, the river of life, is the river of all the Father's glory. And the only thing that blocks its flow are the things in our spirit the things in our soul and the things in our mind strongholds that we have built up opinions that are often cultural just a news flash god is not an american god's christianity is not this generation's form it's actually considerably different from 2,000 years ago and most of the things in the New Testament we can't even understand or comprehend because it's so extremely culturally different. That's why you have to go into the wisdom even of the New Testament because it's 2,000 years old. If you put that literally into an American society, an American tradition, you are going to misunderstand the scriptures, miss the mark completely. How do we not misunderstand the Scriptures? How do we understand more clearly the Word of God to manifest a greater fire, to burn off the dross, to burn away the wood, to burn away the stubble, and everything that entangles us in human idolatry? We must mix it with our spirit. The Word of God into your spirit without an opinion called entering the kingdom like little children. What's a child? Doesn't know anything and realizes it. Now, not all children are like that, but that's the reference. Meaning, I come like a little child, a kindergartner. I've never been to school before. I don't know nothing. And if you stay a little child like that, the word unravels constantly in your hearts, more in your mind, until it's just galaxies of light the stars of light, morning stars of light. Job says the morning stars rejoiced in the heavens, it is written. So it just becomes an unraveling of the Word, the wonder of the Word, the awe of the Word of God, going deeper, higher, wider. And the only thing that's trying to shut you down is Satan, often in the guise of good Christian religion. Oh, that's fanaticism. I tell you what it is. It's usually a zeal that pulls them out of their comfort zone. It's usually a measure of fire that exposes their works are evil. It's usually John chapter 1, somebody got deeper into God and exposed the standard was pretty low in the area. That in the Twin Cities, the standard might not be the same as Apostle Paul standing on Mars Hill in the Areopagus. We might have a different apostolic standard of Christianity in 2023 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, than the Apostle Paul standing up in Caesar's palace in Philippians chapter 4. I mean, I want Caesar's palace. I want to stand before all the magistrates and governors and proclaim a gospel with so much fire, it just burns them up. They become burnt offerings not in a damnation but in a salvation in the fire of God that burns off all the sin the iniquity the transgression you are clean by the words I've spoken Jesus Christ said meaning when you begin to speak the word of God out of a heart filled with glory you will cleanse everyone around you living by the fruit of your mouth and not by the sweat of your brow there is a curse-free zone growing up in you it's jesus christ and him crucified how is christ crucified in your bodies by the word of god believed upon christ be fully formed in you in those temples right now you already have cosmic celestial flesh if you've been lifted up that high by faith It's not so much that you get a new body, it's as you rise, you're made new every day. His mercies are new every day. This one-time pie in the sky, carrot on the stick, nonsense, like a lightning bolt is going to strike me from heaven and fix me and renew my youth like the eagle. When I'm 72 years old, suddenly God's going to show up and I'm 22. Listen, the promises are progressively realized from the inside out as your spirit man grows. Don't grow weary in well-doing because if you endure, you get a promise. What promise? Whatever seed is being sown into your spirit this season. If you steward it, it comes into maturity. If you're bewitched, you forfeit harvest. God is always pouring out His word. Each word is a promise. Genesis to Revelation, it's millions of promises. What are they? God's desires to manifest Himself through your spirit. What gets in the way? Our spirit usually gets in the way. The stones were in the spirit. The weeds were in the spirit. The soil is the human spirit and a sower sowing seed has the obstacles of weeds, foul birds and stones, the Bible says. Foul birds are the demonic, which we often blame them for everything, but there's also two out of three is our own fault, the rocks and the weeds, which are the cares of this world and the temptations and the pleasures of this life it will choke out the Word so it never has Shekinah, so you get into tradition instead of Revelation. When you get into Revelation, it smites the rocks. That's why you are to speak to the rock for the water to come forth. Everyone has rocks, which means everyone, when they're young in the Lord, technon is the Greek word in the New Testament. When you're technon, there'll be pleasures of this world you cling to. When you're born again, you have a seed, a mustard seed, it's powerful dunamis dynamite, The new creature in Christ is born again by God's own sperm, it is written. Greek word sperma, which means God manifests His uncreated light. Everything that makes God God came in the size of a mustard seed in your human spirit. Now you have God in your spirit. If you bring it into maturity, you get more seed to the sower, it is written. Which means it's not just one seed. Whatever word from God you believed at the first that caused your born-again experience to believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and the Savior of the world, that's wonderful. And all the angels rejoice over you. Keep receiving seed and your harvest will go from glory to glory every season. The problem is usually there's rocks and weeds that don't allow enough word into our spirit. So our spirit man is weaker than our natural man. When your spirit man right here, Bible says out of your belly flows river, that's where your spirit is, right in your diaphragm, the Ruach HaKodesh, the breath of life, it is written, it's right in your spirit. If you knock the wind out of someone, they turn blue and their spirit flies out of them. You need your wind. Word for wind, angel, spirit, same word, Ruach in the Bible, also pneuma in Greek. So you need your breath and you want the upgrade of Shekinah from breath to breath, glory to glory, Ruach HaKodesh is the Hebrew name of the Holy Ghost. He is intensifying his glory in the salvation of your spirit. According to the seed of the Word of God so we can have a fruit like the Garden of Eden down here. How do we produce heaven on earth? So glad you asked. By fruitfulness of the seed of the Word of the kingdom sown into your spirit bearing forth its fruit. Treasuring the Word in your spirit. What is storing up treasure in heaven? The fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit, treasure in heaven. Okay. Galatians 5. In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us stand fast then and do not be hampered and held ensnared and submit again to a yoke of slavery which you have once put off notice it is i paul who tells you that if you receive circumcision christ will be of no profit advantage avail to you what is circumcision man's traditions instead of god's revelations the only thing that nullifies the power of the word of God, the only thing stronger than God's word, that Jesus Christ said in scripture was man's traditions, and we got a lot of them in the charismatic church. Okay, Christ will be of no profit if you get into tradition. If you get into human Christianity, Christ won't even be an advantage or avail to you for it will it's a distrust to him. You can gain nothing from him if you get into tradition. That's in Galatians 5 chapter 2. I once more protest and testify to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation and bound to practice the whole of the law and its ordinances. We say we don't have this in our barbaric culture. It's basically your Robert's Rules of Order in the 16 different traditions of the denomination or the church you join. We have all of this in all of our churches. Truth anyhow. Like at what level of the glory of freedom does the leaders and the elders begin to weep and gnash their teeth? I mean, I've tested like 10,000 of them. Everyone has a cap where their box begins to break and disassemble because God's not in the box. Every What makes you human is having a box. That's why you always live in humility so the box can at least be stretched bigger. We put God in the box. You do. It's the ark. Your body is the box. Your flesh is the box. Your soul, your personality, your attributes, your character, your past life, your experiences, all the memories in your mind... Your, your family, your DNA, it's your box of God. The issue is, if you stay humble, it can be stretched out more and more like a wineskin. Glory, more of you, less of us. For we, not relying on the law, but through the Holy Spirit's help, by faith, anticipate and wait for the blessing and the good for which our righteousness and right standing with God, our conformity to His will and purpose, thought and action, causes us to hope. There is so much freaking fire in here tonight. Woo! Man, this is wild. For if we are in Christ Jesus, it's like spontaneous combustion. I am just sweating bullets of Holy Ghost fire up here. This is awesome. I feel like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace right now. (laughs) Glory. Wonderful fourth man. pour forth. Stronger and brighter than the sun, like the noonday sun, through our hearts and minds today. We want the word and the full expression of your brightness. Okay. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. Tradition doesn't matter. Man's rules don't matter, guys. But only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. What is love? God the Father. God is love. You are running the race nobly who has interfered and hindered and stopped you from heeding and following the truth. This evil persuasion is not from him who called you, who invited you to freedom in Christ a little leaven just a little bit of cold blanket theology a little bit of false love a little bit of religion that's what he's saying here even a little bit of religion a slight inclination to religion and error are a few false teachers leavens the whole lump you're cold honeymoon's over it's no longer fun to follow God it's now works and suck up anointing It perverts the whole conception of faith or misleads the whole church. A little religion misleads the whole church. That's what the Bible says. For my part, I have confidence towards you in the Lord that you will take no contrary view of the matter but will come to think with me. But he who is unsettling you, whoever he is, this religious vessel, this mouthpiece of Satan will have to bear the penalty. These false teachers... These wet blanket theologians. But brethren, if I still preach circumcision, a lot of it isn't even that cold, dried religion. It's just the straight-up false prophet of Jezebel. Charismatic witchcraft everywhere. If I still preach circumcision, as some accuse me of doing, as necessary to salvation, why am I still suffering persecution? If I'm still just a, a man's tradition accepted by American tradition preacher, why am I still persecuted?" Uh, That's what he's saying. In that case, the cross has ceased to be a stumbling block. Notice how good it is for the cross to be a stumbling block to what? Man's religion. And made it meaningless. Making the cross meaningless. How? By man's religion. The traditions of Christianity. I wish those who unsettle and confuse you would go all the way and castrate themselves. Not just the foreskin. Cut the whole thing off like Lorraine of Bobbitt. That's what he says in the Bible. For you, brethren, were indeed called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh, an opportunity or excuse for selfishness, but through love you should serve one another. For the whole law concerning human relationships is complied with one within the one precept you shall love your neighbor as you do yourself you know the problem with that is we don't even love ourselves um, that one won't work great idea but problem is the same divine love you have for yourself that you receive from Christ is the measure you can love others which means it's often not that much so what's the key? growing in divine love what is divine love? Shekinah God is love, growing in God's brightness towards yourself, which is practicing it inside the temple, which means then you can truly bring that brightness, that light, that sunshine towards others so when they see you, they just light up like a Christmas tree because you pour so much light into them. Amen. They get excited to be around you. But I say walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by by the Spirit then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God for the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh which means we need this holy opposition this is what the sword of the Spirit deals with the pruning of the father gets all the desires of the flesh out of the Spirit which is iniquity, out of the soul, which is sin, and out of the flesh, which is transgression. So, all the ability for wrongdoing gets progressively pruned as you go into the light of the Father through the Word of God. Okay, they're opposed to each other, so you begin to oppose it more and more the more you're pruned. That's crucial because the Father is the vine dresser, the Father is the promised land. Jesus Christ said, I have come to lead you to the Father. Notice he was a Father freak. We're often Jesus freaks. Jesus said, nobody goes to the Father except through me. Which means he's not the home run. He's not the final destination, that's unbiblical. He says nobody comes to the Father. The Father is all the glory and Jesus is the word of the Father. Which means you go through Jesus, obviously Jesus is God, doesn't diminish his divinity. It understands his purpose and his function in his Trinity. Truth, anyhow. So we go through Jesus where? To the Father. And the Father is the vine dresser. Oftentimes we like to just stay under the mercy and the greasy grace of Jesus because when we go through Jesus the Father, we get vine dressed. That's when he prunes and trims all the stuff off our spirit, soul, and flesh. And that's why we have so little maturity in the body of Christ, because the Father is the one that actually matures us without any of the humanity still clinging to us. The things of the flesh and the self life are to be pruned. Holy Ghost. So, the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the spirit are opposed to the flesh. Godless human nature. For these are antagonistic. They antagonize each other. They're at war against each other. Continually withstanding and in conflict with each other. This is Galatians 5 verse 17. Continuous conflict with each other it is written. So that you are not free but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. You can't live a perfect holy angel life. Why? Why? because stuff has not been pruned off spirit, soul, and flesh. So, when people go into the Father, they become much more mature priests to prune that stuff. Problem is, pruning ain't popular in America right now. (laughs) We want to be comforted and given pacifiers and blankies in nursery, but God wants to prune us. But if you are guided, led by the Holy Ghost, you are not subject to the law. What's the purpose of the law? Following God from glory to glory. If you're growing in glory, there's no accusation from God against you because you're making progress towards Him. And the ever-increasing light is being formed on the inside and you know Him more. Yada, 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 yada is the Hebrew word for intimately knowing Jesus Christ in your own spirit. And your spirit's getting brighter and brighter every day. You're growing towards God. Amen. Now, If you are led by the Holy Ghost, you're not under the law. Just a couple more hours here. Now, the doings, practices of the flesh. This is not preaching. This is a hostage situation. The doings and the practices of the flesh are clear, obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife. That's a big one now. Strife. Jealousy. That's huge. Anger. Ill-temper. Selfishness. Divisions. Dissensions. Party spirit. Factions, sex with peculiar opinions, heresies, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom. If you do those things, you will not inherit the kingdom. Does that mean you'll not go to heaven? It means you'll not go to heaven. That's exactly what it means. You have to have that stuff pruned off of you. Now, if it's pruned off, your spirit, you're, that part of you—that's the only part that goes in when you die. We want it pruned off. Your whole spirit and your whole soul, your whole character, personality, and your flesh. So it's just like heaven on earth. Like I don't need to die; I'm in heaven all the time. Amen. That's the—that's Christ's life living through you, that you are living in heaven on earth. Okay, Galatians 5:22. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The work which his presence within, Amplified Classic, presence within, if you put your hand on your belly, that's where his presence within is, accomplishes is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-constraint, continence such things there is no law that can bring a charge so satan who accuses the saints night and day can't bring a charge when you're that fruitful if you're just fruitful little on the inside your spirit man has a little fruit there's still a charge against your soul that's why you're still being accused there's a charge against your flesh as the fruitfulness intensifies spirit garden soul garden flesh garden and even your flesh is filled with Shekinah because your spirit man has so much fruit of the Word of God and you're so pruned by the Father, now there is no accusation even against your soul or your flesh or DNA. That, my friends, is when the accuser is thrown down who accused the saints night and day. What can the accuser accuse? Only the areas that don't have the fruit of the Spirit. So So let us not become vainglorious and self conceited competitive, challenging, provoking, irritating to one another, envying and being jealous of one another. He's saying this fruit will bring the unity of the brethren in the army of God. Unity of the brethren where God commands His blessing, even life forevermore psalm says 133 is the place where the fruits of the spirit from the word of god hatch maintain however much you can have every season that's the measure you're of willing to sacrifice and give space for the fruit you make room inside your temple for the exact measure of fruit you want to produce to god So if you want more fruit, more heaven, and so we whet your appetite knowing that the sky's the limit. You can never have too much fruit. Against fruitfulness, there is no cap, is what it means. There is no cap to the fruits of Shekinah, of how much emanation the Word of God has in your spirit, soul, and body. The glory of the latter house will be greater than the former, which means Solomon's temple will look like a Haitian dumpster in comparison to you how much glory is coming out. The glory of Solomon's temple will be utter darkness compared to the last day's temple. What's the last day's temple? Jerusalem? No. Heavenly Jerusalem, the bride of Christ. The bride is the body of Christ, the last temple, not made by human hands, made by God's hand. This is God's design. That's why you honor God with your body, because God's the creator of human beings. God's the creator. He made flesh. He formed it from the dust of the earth. Now He wants to fill it and glorify it through Jesus Christ. Now the pressure is on us to make room for the glory and allow God to glorify the temple of His dwelling, that He might inscribe His name on our foreheads. That he might inscribe his name. His name is Shekinah on our hearts. That he might inscribe his word head to toes. That we're just walking vessels, oracles of the word of God. We don't have just a prepared speech like a jack chick track. It's just the word of God written everywhere. And God himself brings it out of the storehouse. Because we're in covenant with him inside these temples of our bodies. So do not prepare ahead of time what you should say. For when the time comes to speak, the Holy Ghost will fill your mouth. It is written. So what's the preparation? Saturating in His presence. Making room for greater fruitfulness. Allowing the Father to challenge us, prune us, circumcise areas of our hearts and minds, cutting away the dead, cutting away even the living. Giving God our Isaac is a major thing in this generation. Isaac is the promise and the gift of God. If he did not offer it on the altar, he would have lost the covenant with God. It's easy to give up dead things because they're dead, they don't have fruit, but can you give up living things? Most often, in the higher things of the mountain, he requires you constantly giving up the good God things for greater goodness and greater God things. That's the higher things of the mountain. Lower things of the mountain is giving up all the dead stuff. Giving up the alcoholism. Giving up the chewing tobacco. Good. We need to stop chewing tobacco. We need to stop drinking alcohol. We need to start drinking the wine of the kingdom. We need to repent of all the lower forms of the earth life and go into the heavenly life to be with the angels in the same quality of life that the holy angels live every day. We go from glory to glory and become more and more angelic until we reach the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus, which is written in Luke chapter 20, the angel-like children of the resurrection who have conquered death, the last curse to be swallowed up in victory. What does it mean? To be totally archangel-like. Like having the nine archangels fully formed inside your vessel, emanating the Father, but even greater than the archangels. The sons of God are greater than all the archangels combined. We're not there yet. We're still under angels. The son of man was made lower than the angels for just a little while. Well, we're sons and daughters of men, lower than the angels for a long while. So how do we not be lower than the angels? We allow the angels to form Yad Hevaveh, God Almighty, inside of us, because only God is greater than the angels. Truth in you. that's how you get greater than the angels. You're never greater than the angels unless God be fully formed in you. That's how you get upgraded on the outside. Oftentimes your angels are just cleaning up your mess when you're young tech non Christians. It's just clean up on aisle nine with the mop and bleach every day. <laughs> they don't mind doing it. Their job is to change diapers in our adolescence in Christ. Do not despise the days of small beginnings or adolescence immaturity because it has to all come out come out come out come out just burn it out don't cover it up just get it all out burn it out God is not ashamed to clean you up he created childbirth he understands how, what a messy job it is he likens your sanctification to childbirth there's organs flying around blood fire billows of smoke everywhere and so this is your adolescence in Christ blood fire, billows of smoke, and the umbilical cord connected to the brooding mother hen, Jesus Christ. And you will grow up into him until he can cut the cord and be with him as a brooding mother hen. The entire purpose of Christianity is that you grow up to be exactly like him, not just in spirit, but in soul and body as well. In Jesus' mighty name. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone at the sound of my voice. To have upgrades in their spirit, in their soul, in their flesh life even glorified. And all the Gnosticism come off of everyone. And a glorification of the flesh life to serve God in the flesh for Jesus Christ himself came in the flesh. We want an upgrade in the natural realm and in the spiritual realm. Both above world and below world. Let them be equal. And anything that's delayed them below or above be anathema into the lake of fire. Maranatha. Come Lord Jesus. Amen. If you'd like to partner with this ministry, you can click the links in the description. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd speak to everyone about what they can give into Red Letter Ministries, RLM TV. Sowing a television seed into this ministry faith for this message to go global in a much greater more powerful way yesterday supernatural oil began to come out of my television I said what does this mean there's frankincense resin coming out of my TV in my apartment last night crazy sign and wonder the angel said this represents the anointing on your television ministry so I thank you father for this anointing And the people that are going to partner with this television anointing. We don't despise internet. I've enjoyed YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch and all of that. But Father, bring forth the promises for television, for Red Letter Ministries. And the partners to make it happen. The doors opening for this ministry. People to get the vision for the we oh Sons of God and the teaching and the preaching of righteousness. To come forth publicly in a much greater way. The persecution just getting terminated through misunderstanding. And the favor of God be upon this ministry. And the favor of God open new doors so more people can learn the mature things of righteousness, the mature things of holiness and be raptured in angelic ecstasy. Raise the standard of Christianity in America and worldwide. Use us to do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Glory. <laughs>
1: To the Lord. Sing to the Lord.
2: To handle anything that comes my way